here now is uh, Rob Smith. He's at Turning Point USA, um, and he's a smart guy, and I wanted him on to discuss uh, the black vote. Absolutely. So you, <clears throat> my theory, and I could be wrong, is that African-American culture, which is different than white culture, mm -hmm. all right, basically says that conservatives and Republicans are bad people. Mm -hmm. Is that true? You know, it, it's our culture. Our culture, from our entertainers to our celebrities to our famous journalists, everybody tells black people that conservatives, Republicans are evil, they're racist, they're wrong, they're bad, the policies are destructive to African Americans, all that stuff. So that is the message that we get over and over again. Myself as a former Democrat, I got messages like this literally from birth. My entire family um, are, are still Democrats. So that's the message that is pushed out there. Where, where does your family live? Uh, I'm from Ohio. So I'm what from town? Ohio. What's that? What town? Uh, Akron, Ohio. Okay, so you're from Akron, working class town. Yeah, working class. Okay, so your family was allied with the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And was it basically that they wanted a larger government? Did they want a bigger, because that's what the Democrats basically want, bigger government. It is. Okay, was it that why they supported? You know what, I think that honestly, and it's really funny because like when I came out as conservative, when I came out as a Trump supporter, I didn't really get a whole lot of pushback from my family. They understood. See, the thing with black people is that we're more uh, conservative than people really want to give us, I, I think, credit for. And it wasn't so much that my family was really into big government, they were into all these things. I think that you just get that message so much and it is literally drilled into your skull from everywhere that you have some people that aren't super high information voters, like I love my family to death may not be the most high information voters in the world, but they see, hey, you know, we have rappers, entertainers, ball players, celebrities, all of these people who are telling us that the Democrats are the right way to go. Okay. So you got a guy like Jay-Z. He's yeah. pretty big in the black culture. Absolutely. All right. All right. So Jay-Z, he's a committed Democrat. Yeah. And he's very uh, outspoken about it. Yeah. And then you have a guy uh, like the basketball, like uh, LeBron James. Yeah. Very from famous. My hometown. Very famous, yeah. right? Okay. Outspoken Democrat. And then if you listen to black radio, which I sometimes do, mm -hmm. very liberal across the board. Yeah. Right? BET, black television. Yeah. Very, very liberal. Absolutely. So there's no message coming from the other side at all there's in the not. black community. There's not. And the thing about it is what's most exciting right now about being a young black conservative and joining people like Candace uh, Owens and the Blexit movement and uh, Brandon Tatum and all these different people is that now we're trying to find a foothold into the culture. And we're trying to go into the culture, go into the communities and say, look, you know, we can like the same type of entertainment that you do, like the same rappers, actors, ballplayers or whatever, but we can be conservatives and we can tell you why conservative things and values work do for us. Do they listen? Do people listen to you? You, you know what? I, I've seen a real shift in terms of the past couple of years. Brett has uh, just opened a, a new business called the Talman Group, P-L-L-C. Very impressive with the initials. Um, <laughs> I, uh, he's going to focus on public policy and government reform, advising, I guess, politicians and people and corporations in the, in the way to present themselves in the public arena. Is that correct? That's right. You know, my wife doesn't want me to be a politician, so I guess this is the best way I have to try to influence policy in this country. What does PLLC stand for? That's a professional limited liability company. Wow. That's very impressive. So, no idea what that is, but... It sounds great. Would you get me a T-shirt that says Talman Group, P L L C? Yeah, I want to. I want to frighten my friends. Okay, so 
<laughs> you heard what I was told. Have you, yes. number one, been told anything? And uh, we'll deal with speculation here if, if we have to. And what do you think about what I was told? It's not inconsistent with what I've heard. Um, I have heard that they they were intending to get the report out in June, that uh, some of the actions by the attorney general in uh, getting the, the um, additional investigation into the intelligence community spurred additional inquiries by Horowitz. Don't know why that occurred, but that it did. And there seems to be a little bit of overlap uh, having look, you know, looked into the FISA court issue or the Steele dossier, et cetera. But I, I am under, um, you know, no, no, um, you know, it's not a surprise to me, I guess I can say that Horowitz probably backed up and wanted to take a look at now there may be another, another set of eyes that are going to be looking at what happened with the Steele dossier. Okay. Um, I, I don't think we really can add much to the, uh, much to the uh, situation right now. Um, nobody knows when it's going to be released. Uh, it's a source of great frustration in this country, but that's yes. just the way it is. Now, on the um, federal level, you have Mueller, who's supposed to testify this week, now going to testify next week. This is right. interesting because right after he testifies, Congress goes on a break until... 2025, I think. They're just gone. The rest of the summer, they're out. They're gone by. So whatever Mueller does, they can't do anything about it because they're gone. That's right. Do you think that was on purpose? I do. I do. You know, my four years in the Senate, when we had tough hearings, we brought in John Ashcroft. We had, you know, the Patriot Act hearings. We loved to do it right before a break uh, because we got to control the narrative and we we didn't have much you know follow up and we could uh, we could put out what we wanted. I think the Democrats are playing games and they have uh, shown that that's that's the case. But I think they want to be able to control that narrative going forward. You've seen me talk about the conservative alternative to AARP, known as AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. While an AMAC membership offers you many discounts, perhaps the greatest benefit is their free magazine, something I look forward to reading every month. It covers topics that are important. Past issues have covered the resurgence of socialism, freedom of capitalism, rise of global anti-Semitism, and the left's war on wisdom with plans for open borders, Medicare for all, controversial Green New Deal. For less than 20 bucks a year, an AMAC membership, including the magazine, can be yours. Join more than one million fellow Americans right now at amac.us, amac.us. And yes, I'm a proud member. Please visit amac.us, amac.us. Let's bring in Sean Spicer, who's kind enough to join us today. First of all, um, before we get to your situation um, on the Independence Fund, Donald Trump racist business. You, you got a perspective on that for us? Well, I've said before, he's an equal opportunity offender. I mean, you pointed out earlier, he's gone after everyone from Mayor de Blasio to his own primary opponents last cycle. He's gone after everybody. Uh, I further, you know, and, and I take your point earlier to heart. I think that we win on policy. We have better 
results when our policies go into effect, and he's proven that in terms of the tax cuts, the regulatory effect of his policies. And the more we stick to that and the more we focus on that, I think we grow as a party and as a movement bigger if we don't make it personal. But that all being said, I think, look, the president going back to last cycle could have taken the advice of establishment pro, you know, political pros, and, and he blew right through all that and did it his way and won. So from a tactical standpoint, he has seen himself succeed by doing it his way. Um, you know, but I, I, I share your comments from before. You've got a lot of these liberal leaders from cities that are led by mayors of the Democratic Party to members of Congress who represent a lot of these areas, who've been there forever, and the cities still have the problems that they do, whether it's in education or poverty, economic development. And, and, um, and so we can have that fight, and I think we can win it on policies uh, without making it personal. Okay, but Donald Trump is a guy who takes any uh, attacks on him, and surely Elijah Cummings has been the, one of the top guys trying to destroy Trump's presidency very personally. And I, he right. told me many times, and it's, I'll spell it out in, the, in my upcoming book on uh, the president, that he doesn't really care what the unintended consequences are. See, he doesn't care if you call him a racist. Donald Trump doesn't care if you call him a racist, correct? I, I, you know, you've known him longer than I have. I don't know how anybody, you know, I think he's got a, he's probably the thickest skin of anyone I've ever met. That being said, I know that no matter how many insults get hurled my way, they, they still sting a little bit. So, you know, I, I think he deflects it better than anyone I've watched. He's got thicker skin than anyone I've watched, but I don't know how you can take personal insults of that nature. It's one thing if someone talk about how your policies are wrong or they don't think you're that good. But being a called a racist is something that I, I just don't know how that doesn't sting. But he's got to know that's going to happen because it's happened 55 times before. Oh, right, right. That's what I'm saying. I think he's got thicker skin than anyone I've met. But that being said, there's certain insults of that nature that I think just go to um, who you are as a person. And I just would never I, I obviously have plenty of people that probably disagree with me and things that I've said and done. But the idea that anybody thinks that I wouldn't like them or care about them because of their religion or their race, it would truly just bother me. I know that. So I don't think it bothers I, him because I know I think he I mean, I think he dislikes the people who do it more. But it, he's not going to it's he's not going to pull back from doing it. Not to say that he shouldn't do it the way I outlined it. And I'm glad you agree with that, because you could advance your cause quicker and in a in a more authoritative way if you if you get leave out the rats and the roaches you don't need the rats and the roaches you hit them with the violent crime the narcotics the poverty the deprivation you don't need to rats and the roaches you don't need to say that cummings is x y and z you just say he's there he hasn't done the job so why is he running down the border and uh, miscategorizing what's happening down there when his own district is falling apart it makes it harder for the baltimore sun and the New York Times to brand you as a racist liar, which is what they do all day long. I agree with that. Yes. I mean, I think that when you've got people, whether it's Elijah Cummings or a lot of these mayors that are that represent urban areas, and you look at how long either they or their party have been in control, you can go back and make a pretty compelling argument that when you look at their education system, their economic situation, and 
go at the heart of saying, well, if you're going to be critical, look at your job performance, look at where your city is. We have better ideas. We have better policies. Sure. We want to lift more people. Up. And, and I think you're right. We can have a better discussion and get more people on our side if we're talking about it from that perspective than trying to just go after someone's personal integrity. You have been hearing about gold all over the news. Prices keep going up. Experts are warning a recession is here. It's time to prepare. A recent analyst this week says he sees gold going up hundreds of dollars per ounce to hit 1700 That's why I recommend you check out the Hartford Gold Group to learn more. To get you started, the Hartford Gold Group will gift you a free silver coin. If you're watching the No Spin News, you can get the free coin from the Hartford Gold Group. No purchase necessary. All you have to do is call 877-444-GOLD-GOLD. 877-444-GOLD. Please call today. So Bernie and Sid, here they are, and uh, you know them because they are, have on me before. McGurk, you're a conservative man. Yes, I am. Okay. You're a gun, not advocate, but you don't want your rights to be infringed upon, correct? No, I don't, but uh, I am a, a New Yorker, a city boy, so I'm not a staunch gun guy. Uh, but I do believe in the Second Amendment big time. I believe we should be allowed to have a gun in our homes to protect ourselves, absolutely. But maybe we should rein in some of the lib more liberal uh, provisions, for example, background checks. The Dayton kid, we should have known some of the things he did in the past. That, that should have been in his background, in the database. Yeah, the red, red flag w law would have signaled and him. And it wasn't in there, right, right. exactly. If people were responsible. You're a conservative man, basically, right? Basically, yes. Okay, but you're more uh, of a libertarian yes. guy. Yes. Okay, so when you hear the gun control, because it's the same argument over and over and over, what goes through your mind? Well, what goes through my mind is, uh, yeah, I'm with Bernard in that the Second Amendment is going to be here forever and needs to be here, but we don't need assault rifles. We don't need AR-15s. you ban them? I would ban them. I would ban AR-15s. I would ban AK-47s. We don't need them. Yes, a pistol is one thing. A rifle is one thing. Protect yourself. There's no time soon is a government going to become an issue in this country. Would you ban them? Uh, yes, I, I would. Uh, so and, you and, both would ban the heavy-duty weaponry, and, and, and the this, 50 rounds? At this point, yes, especially, yeah. The, uh, so what if I came to magazine you? Magazine capacity. Uh, what if I came to you and I said, all right, I recognize... Uh, the problem that maniacs with these r weapons can destroy the lives of 30, 40 people within two minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to ban the weaponry because I'm going to run into constitutional problems and I'm going to also run into problems where people are going, F you, I'm going to have my thing in the basement. So, and I'm going to say to gun sellers, you're not allowed to sell this, these weapons, and you would list them, ARs, AKs, or whatever, You'd, and then Congress would sort it out. You're not allowed to sell them unless you report it to the FBI and who you're selling it to with a valid address. So you, that's a background check, but that would be a special carve-out for these weapons. So they're not banned because there may be somebody living in a very rural place and a dangerous place that might need it, all right? The ranchers on the border, for example. You know, if you live on a border and you're in a big ranch in Arizona, you need a heavy weapon. That's reasonable, yes. Okay. So you would both be okay with that, right? No. You wouldn't. You no. would disagree with me and say, I don't want to see him in this country. I don't want to see him. I want to ban it. I don't believe that you can police every store. I don't believe that every store owner will, in fact, 
go by the rules that you're providing. But then, you, but the penalties, if you don't, are substantial. Prison time. Yeah, the substantial. Uh, also, the penalties are somebody's going to kill about 30 people in about. A don't you and a think half. it would inhibit somebody to sell one of these things because they could trace these guns back? If you're going to get 20 years in prison for selling it, I think it would be an inhibitor. Yeah, I think it's slippery. Uh, again, I, I think but you'd I, rather do outright ban. Just get rid of it. I, but that's not going to be popular in many, many places, particularly in the rural areas of the country. Well, look, no matter what happens, it's not going to be popular, right? I mean, you can't worry about that. We've got a case now in New York City where there's a cop that may or may not be fired. No matter what happens, it's not going to be popular. Mm -hmm. One side is going to be angry, or the other side is going to be angry. All right. I can't worry about that. So you would go with total ban. You would be okay with I mean, my solution. Exactly right, yes. Okay. And the ban the, the magazine capacity, 100 rounds in a, in a magazine is just a, a little bit much, and, right. and also strengthen the background See, checks. the carve-out, I think, would take a lot of the government overwhelming the people out of it. So if you had a valid reason, like, again, you're a rancher, you got right. cartel people coming through, you're out there by yourself, nobody's protecting you, you need a heavy-duty weapon. Not if you're a 21-year-old in Texas or a 24-year-old in no. Dayton, Ohio. And you would yeah. have to basically, yeah. the government would have to okay it, all right, by a background check. Why do you want this? What are you going to use it for? Who are you? That kind of thing. Well, one thing you should know beforehand is that neither Bernie or I own a gun. So when we get calls from people, for example, I spoke to Rich Valdez yesterday. He's Mark Levin's producer. He's a gun owner. He doesn't want anything banned. No, I know that. Me, I don't own a gun. So it's not as personal for me. I think it's the same for Bernie. No, That's why we're willing to ban him or, or maybe not ban him. Do what you have to say. But gun owners, those are the guys in New York City that are like, don't touch them. Leave it alone. They well, don't want to hear anything. I don't, I'm more, I'm, I, it's not so much the gun for me, because I don't believe that the government can ever stop mass murder, ever. Is the Portland Police Bureau being corrupted by PC? Are they an effective law enforcement agency? Bill, things have changed a lot since you were here. You and I have both have worked in this town. This town has always been far to the left. This, the police bureau, as, the, as it's called, not the police department, is, uh, could be a well-run agency. It's run by Danielle Outlaw. She's a young lady, came up from Oakland, had served as deputy chief there. So she certainly knows a city with problems. But she's come to a city with much bigger problems because she now answers to a politically correct mayor named Ted Wheeler. He's a seventh generation Oregonian. His family was in the timber business. He was educated at Sanford. And lately, he's been about as dumb as a bag of hammers. For the last couple of years, Antifa has staged what they call protests, which turn into riots on a regular basis. And if another group shows up, doesn't matter if it's the Proud Boys, another group called Patriot Prayer, uh, doesn't matter if no group shows up. If no group shows up, they fight the cops and they create riots. They have set fires. They have set police vehicles on fire. They've broken windows. They have, on various occasions, threatened tourists who are simply trying to drive through the downtown streets of Portland. It's a very beautiful city, but uh, it's a city that, that swings far to the left. Okay. And now... Let me, just, let me stop well, you. Yeah, go ahead. So on sure. Saturday, I understand it's the Proud Boys that have gotten the permits to, to march or demonstrate or whatever they want. And now Antifa, of course, is going to come to counter protests. Is that the way it's going down on Saturday? As I understand it, Bill, neither group has protest permits, which means the police are left not knowing where these groups plan to protest. 
And what I predicted today is that what happened two years and three days ago in Charlottesville, Virginia, could very easily be duplicated here. In Charlottesville, you might remember, I know you do remember, Bill, that the city fathers decided, let's take two antithetical groups and let's give them the permission to protest on the same day at the same time, geographically adjacent to each other. So we've set up a clash that we know is going to happen. One woman died, 28 were injured. It was horrible. And so Ted you Wheeler think that is might the same on, thing. You, you think that might happen. Now, the FBI is coming into Portland, probably already there, um, because yep. the federal government doesn't trust the local and state authorities to regulate this. Who, who are the Proud Boys? Do they live in Oregon? Are they an organization that does stuff in Oregon? They're, they are a group that has been in the Pacific Northwest, and I've talked to some of their leaders, and they would tell you that they're a legitimate traditional values group. Now, they're characterized by the media without much basis for it as they're white supremacists. What they mean is most of the members are white, although they do have a number of people of color who are members of their group. Same is true of, of Patriot Prayer. And both of these groups get disparaged as conservative groups that if you're a conservative, if you back Trump, if you believe in free speech, if you believe in Second Amendment rights, then you're a far right white nationalist, you know, extremist.